Welcome back to Making It So, a Get Into Geek podcast. This is our episode number seven. I'm your host, Craig, and here's my co-host, Maddie. Yo. This podcast does have full spoilers for season three, episode seven, Dominion of Star Trek Picard. Mm -hmm. We will be getting into full spoilers. However, first... There's a little bit of Star Trek news this week, Matty. Oh, bit of Federation news service. Oh, look out. I feel like I should have a button to press for that <laughs> with some sort of sound, but I don't. So, a little bit of news for our followers. Strange New World, season two premieres, June 15, 2023. Yeah, nice. So, that's not that far away. No, no, that's good. I'm also, excited for that. Also, with that, good news for Strange New Worlds. It's been renewed for season three. I'm so. assuming it'll be... Because what episode? Uh, season one was ten episodes, wasn't it? So I'm assuming yeah, we're doing so. two more sort of ten se- ten episode arcs. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to Strange New Worlds again. Yeah, there was only I think one episode of Strange New World season one that I wasn't a fan of the the fairy tale one. Yeah, that was a bit um, different. <laughs> yeah, it was like a hol- it was like a holodeck episode without the holodeck. But other than that, I've I really enjoy that. I think I've watched them all twice now, and I'd say maybe episode one three times because that that final speech that. Pine gives at the um, Pike gives at the end of um, Pine. Ugh. I know Christopher Pine. <laughs> um, yeah, that speech gave me like goosebumps and tears the first couple of times I watched that. So right. no, I'm excited for more Strange New Worlds. Hey, with Strange New Worlds, you know, listeners, do you want Maddie and I to break down episodes? Yeah. You know? Oh, I mean that's a lot of work. I know it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. Slip into our DMs. Yeah. Maybe once we finish getting to Gate, then I can slip into Maddie's DMs. He likes it. I love it. Slip into my DMs. Yeah. Yeah. Lower Decks season four premieres late summer in the US 2023 and so renewed that, for that, season five. Be, that's our winter. Yeah. So, so late. That'd be about the same time, I guess. Or July, uh, I guess, well, would be. August. Oh, sorry. Yeah. June, July, August is yeah. winter, isn't it? So, yeah. But, so essentially. Basically, when. Yeah. When Strange New, Strange New World finishes, finishes we're going to get Lower Decks. Yeah, nice. I really like Lower Decks. Yeah. It's, it's okay. fun. It's fun. It's a fun show and I really like it. And it's canon, so whatevs. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Fucking nerd. Prodigy season two coming this winter, so that's winter US. So, so that's, that's our you know, summer, around so that's about Christmas. So that'll year. be straight after Lower Decks. But strangely, well, not strangely, it doesn't have renewed for another season after it. Well, Prodigy did a weird thing where season one was actually 20 episodes, but they broke it up. So we got the first 10 episodes and then we got like a two or three, maybe even six month wait before we then got the next 10 episodes. So I thought, cause I remember texting you about it where, cause I'd seen the first 10 episodes before you jumped on board prodigy. And I was like, Oh, season two starting soon. Get on. Get, I've get only on. watched the first two episodes of prodigy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I remember jumping, uh, saying to you and being like, oh, the season two's dropped, so now's a really good time to jump on board. But then texting you because it's like, instead of saying season two, episode one, it said episode 11. And I was like, huh? Like on Paramount yeah. Plus and stuff like that. So yeah, it's they've only done one season, but it's 20 episodes. So really it's... I mean, if it's you two ca- seasons. If you compare it to Lower Decks, it's two seasons. Mm. So I guess that's already them getting their season three and season four, respectively, in terms of the amount of episodes they're getting. Um compared to like, yeah, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, and if it's coming later, I mean, obviously, yeah, animation takes a hell of a lot longer. So, yeah, maybe they're just going to wait and see. Because I think Prodigy is getting really, really good. Those first 10 episodes weren't amazing. But as it gets into the back 10, it got a little more adult. 
and got a little more into the Voyager history of stuff. Okay, I think... And was a little more interesting. So I think you, you would enjoy it. I, I will make a concerted effort to watch more of yeah, Prodigy. Yeah, so watching fucking reruns of Lower Decks like you were last week when I got here and watch some fucking Prodigy, man. <laughs> Lower Decks is one of those shows that... Because I, I actually really enjoy it, but I can just have it on in the background. Mm. Whereas if I'm going to watch Prodigy, I will actually have to sit down yeah, and watch it. because it's better written. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I can't comment because I haven't seen it. But perhaps the... Biggest piece of Star Trek news for the week, mm. and I'm not entirely thrilled about this one, is there's a new Starfleet Academy show set, you know, in the time where that other crappy show is finishing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> two, that's two separate pieces of, of information. <laughs> so, like, the first piece of that I think I can get on board, Starfleet Academy show, that sounds interesting. That's something that Gene tried to do um, way back when, in the Next Generation era, like before Next Generation was oh, a yeah. thing, one of the ideas was a Starfleet Academy show and they revisited again um, after Gene had passed and they were figuring out what DS9 was going to be. Before DS9 was DS9, it was potentially going to be, you know, Starfleet Academy. So it's been, it's been rolling around for decades oh, now. Oh, yes. Um, so I like that idea. That could be interesting. Um, being set in the 32nd century in the sort of new Discovery era, that makes me less excited. <laughs> Um, yeah, because well, that that was one of the things Tilly was going to do. She was going to go be a teacher at Starfleet yeah, Academy. Yeah. So, so, can you imagine a show centered around like Tilly and a bunch of cadets? Look, I think Picard has shown us that even the most horrible shows, if they're given the right people, can turn into something nice. So potentially. You know, this has Kurtzman and some chick that does shows on the CW as showrunner. Uh, Nancy Drew, which is apparently yeah. very, very popular. But um, yeah, I'm, so yeah, CW. It's going to have that feeling about scare it. Scare me. Mm. I mean, it has calm down. It hasn't been written yet, so just calm down. <laughs> and Kurtzman's got his finger in everything, so it doesn't matter. He's, he doesn't his his voice doesn't matter because his his voice and name is on every single Star Trek. Yes, show. but he's actually been put down as the showrunner. Cool. He's the creator of Lower Decks, mate. The show you were just raving about. Yeah, I do love Lower Decks. Yeah, he created it, mate. So, Kurtzman's finger is in every pie. He's, you can ignore his name, basically. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, until, you know, I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't, the pilot hasn't been written. We don't know what character. Oh, no, I, it'll still be a couple of years like away, that. I think. Yeah, which I think probably tracks because we still have to suffer through season five of Discovery. Discovery. Coming next year now? They yeah, I think it's like it got next year. Because they're doing yeah. some reshoots or something like that to sort of wrap up the series as a of whole. Of course they are. Um, so, yeah, so I guess it just depends whether, you know, in the, in the same way Dave Filoni did in the Star Wars universe where it's like, well, when Clone Wars got cancelled the first time, he's like, I'm going to make Rebels and it's actually going to be a backdoor sequel to <laughs> yeah. Clone Wars and put my beloved Ahsoka in it. Maybe they're going to do the same thing Look, and go, I, hey, this is a way for us to, yeah, sure, Discovery got cancelled, but this is a way for us to backdoor and have little sneaky cameos and bring in other characters from, because they're going to be in the right era for that. Yeah, I, I think my biggest issue with it is we've got all of this time between, say, the end of Picard, like, to the 32nd century there, mm. where they could be filling in stuff that, you know, like, we, we've just lost hundreds of years. I think like, I think I don't more like than that. A, I think more than a creative issue, it's probably a budgetary issue in terms of well, I know a lot of discovery is green screen, but there's also a lot of sets there now, like with the 
Starbase and, you know, we've done bits. So I think it's a matter of it's like, hey, well, we're going to have all these sets and we have all these actors now who are going to be out of work who we can get in to do little cameos. In the same way we're frothing over Picard and all these actors coming back, I mean, strange as it is to us, Discovery does have its own fan base. So it those, does. Those yes. people are going to be excited if they tune into this Academy show and, yeah, Tilly or Grey or, you know... Look, the only way I will accept this show mm. is if Boothby is in it. <laughs> How the hell is that going to work? I don't know. Make him a hologram or something. <laughs> I mean, that actor's dead. Do you really want him to, like, recast Boothby? Mate, they can deep fake shit. True. Right. Deep fake, hologram. That tree better still be there. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know Discovery well enough to know, like... They're going back to Earth by the sounds of it. Yeah, but I'm just... Well, like, we've been there, but I just can't remember how much of it survived over the many years or whatever. I, I don't, don't think we really saw it, to be honest. No, they absolutely went to Earth because they were... Yeah, I know, but, like, we, we never saw, like, the old Starfleet Academy grounds, I don't think, in Discovery, did we? No, no, no. They won't go back to that now. Um, they, oh. they went to Starfleet Academy in Discovery and they didn't use those sets. Yeah, okay. Well, mm. anyway, Boothby, make him happen. Right, yeah, and don't make Kurtzman, don't make this show dumb. All right, make it good. This is your final warning. I probably not because Paramount Plus seems to love you. And yeah. yeah, you seem to have a pretty good contract. Yeah, they're they're just throwing money at him. He doesn't care. Like how much you were telling me earlier how much money he's making out of this. Yeah, like so back in 2016, 2018, yeah. they gave him a five year contract for twenty five million dollars. Three years into that. Five million a year. Yeah. Three years into that mid pandemic, they said we want to extend your contract another five years, so ten years total. We're gonna give you an additional hundred and sixty million dollars. <laughs> no so biggie. They're loving what he's and at that point. Discovery was is the that only just show his paid? I think that might be his production company. Is it is it Giant Freaking Robot or whatever? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether that's his personal payday or whether that's for his production company. But either way, he's obviously going to be getting a the lion's share of that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, yeah. good on him. Like, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And he's like, making bank. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, I think Discovery might have been the only show they were making. So they gave him one hundred sixty-five million dollars based on what season? Discovery. Season three of Discovery. That was like the yeah. that Red Angel thing. Maddie loves that. Like secretly Look, off air, he tells me how that, much he loved the Red Angel. No, I loved Spock <laughs> in that. The one, the one good thing Discovery gave us was Ethan Peck. Oh, and oh, and Anson Mount and, and Anson Mount as Pike, killing yeah. it. And Una, Una's doing fantastic. Yeah, Una, but I'll yeah. always she'll always be Mystique to me first. Oh, yeah, before okay. She's Una. Well, anyway, all right, that'll uh, about to wrap it up for the news. Mm. I reckon we should get back to Picard season three, episode seven, Dominion. What do you reckon, Maddie? Let's do it. All right, let's uh, read the synopsis. All right, crippled, cornered, and out of options, Picard stages a gambit to trap Vatic and reveal her true motive, a gamble that puts the Titan in the crosshairs and forces Picard and Beverly to question every moral code they've ever had. Writers, Jane Maggs, Akiva Goldsman, Michael Chabon, and director, Deborah Kempmeyer. Interesting. How so? Show your work. Are we... Do we play the spoiler thing? You, I know you like oh, okay. the Yeah, yeah, we have... I bought this whole device here with buttons. Yeah. 
For those of you that haven't listened to our show before, we get into heavy spoilers. Maddie and I have just finished watching the show, you know, five minutes before we started this podcast. So if you haven't seen it, pause this podcast right now, go off, watch the episode, you know, and heavy spoilers. Last warning. So give me the name of the writer and director again. The writers? Just the just the actual writer. Because Siobhan the, and the other one didn't do anything. It was just that one. Akiva Goldsman is the middle one. So yeah, they've heard they that did, name several times. They didn't times. do anything on this episode. They're Jane off. Mags. Jane Mags. And the director was... Deborah Kempmeyer. Okay. So if we take those traditional... I hope I'm saying that name correctly, Kempmeyer. If we take those names traditionally, then we can presume that they are two women. Um, there was just that one moment... With Sydney, that I found kind of odd to me when I when it happened, I thought, "Oh, that's a man writing a woman. That's gross." But it was written, written and directed by women. Just that moment in the in the um, turbo lift where we find out that Jack can actually read people's minds now. Yeah, and he's kind of hearing Sydney's thoughts and like he's like hitting on her and stuff like that. And she's like, "Oh, is he flirting with me? This is weird. Oh, he's got really nice eyes. Why is why isn't he being more subtle, like touching my hand?" Yeah. I'm sorry, but in any other workplace, is touching someone's hand without saying anything gets you sent directly to HR over saying, hey, would you like to have a drink later? And she's like, oh, no, that's too forward. I would like you to subtly soft touch my hand in the lift without saying anything. Red flag, Sydney. You have... (laughs) Issues. This is daddy issues coming forward. You need to back the fuck off and reassess. Ah, Maddie, it's called establishing Kino, mate. <laughs> it's called what? Establishing Kino. Look it up. Establishing Kino. Kino. Yeah. Look it up. Anyway, no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I don't get. Like, you could say that she was giving consent by him being able to hear her thoughts, so he knew that's what she wanted. But she didn't know that he could hear what she was saying, so she didn't actually give consent for him to touch her inappropriately in the workplace. But it's not his workplace. He's not in Starfleet. It's her workplace, though. Yeah, well, you know, like... If you walked into my workplace and started touching my co-workers, you'd be going straight to HR. Your co-worker's your dad. I know, which is a whole nother <laughs> set of issues. Hey, if some civvy chick wants to come into my work and, you know, she looks okay, I'll let her touch me. I'm I'm single. Inappropriate. Why? Inappropriate workplace. What? Why is it an inappropriate workplace? Touching someone without their consent? No. Nah. Well, it. You've got to read the room and the vibe and the feel. He was reading her mind. Soup's inappropriate. Look. That's 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 pray. Well, not um not praetor. What was um what was the guy? What was Shinzon's old mate from Nemesis that that mind raped um De- Deanna? Uh, Viceroy. That, the Viceroy. That's yeah. Viceroy vibes. That was Ron Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman. That was Jack was Viceroy mind raping Sydney. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. it was I, a, she seemed like she was liking it. That's not rape. It was a violation. <laughs> he entered her mind and touched her hand without her consent. I don't I don't like it. But yeah, it's weird, like I said, to me I thought that would be that sounds like She said it though. She was like, "Oh, what?" In and then, her mind. Yeah, and then he heard it. So he was like, oh, "I'll give this a little." She didn't know that. I'll give and this then a little, she was freaked out. A little and she creeped her out and she left the turbo. Yeah, I, look. Yeah. Um I think yeah, she was more so, freaked out that he could 
hear her thoughts. Well, she doesn't know that, though. I think she kind um, of figured it out at that point. Later on, and once she figured it out, she held a phaser to his face. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was just – it felt to me like a traditional man writing a woman because, like, a man going, oh, me like me like boobs, this how me write woman. But it was a woman writing that. So I'm like, that's interesting. That I was like, okay, all right, fair enough. Maybe she was thinking to herself later on, fucking, yeah, death by snoo snoo for Jack. Oh, I'm sure there's <laughs> any red-blooded woman and, and anyone who prefers men would enjoy uh, a couple of rounds with Ed Spielers. But, um, yeah, I just find it it's an interesting layer of um, personal bubble space where she would rather him soft-touch her on the hand than say, hey, would you like to go and get a drink? Yeah, no, that's... Sorry, Sydney, you've got some issues. You need, you need an appointment with, with Councillor Troy. Stat. And the world needs girls with issues, Maddie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> absolutely not. Look, half the guys in the world have got issues. So why can't we have girls with issues? Absolutely not. Oh, Maddie, at the beginning there, you kind of got excited. <gasps> oh, my God. So good. Who did we see, Maddie? Out of nowhere, Captain Tuvok. Captain Tuvok. Justice for Harry Kim. How absolutely dare they? Um, but that was so nice to see Tim Russ. Are we going to do a hashtag? Hashtag justice for Harry. Um, I'm sure he was busy doing his podcast with Tom Paris. Um, that was so nice because Tim Russ, like, he's a Star Trek fan. Oh, he's been like, in all of it. He Like, any any fan-made projects he jumps on board and does. Um, it's actually quite funny because I saw a thing just earlier this week. It was, like, maybe on Twitter or Instagram and it was like the 30th anniversary of the premiere of Starship Mine, Next Generation. Yep. That was Tim Ross's first ever episode yep. of Star Trek. So it's so funny that it's like in the same week, it's the 30th anniversary of his first job and they bring him back. I mean, obviously he recorded it like last year. Did you notice as well, um, like the tips of his ears looked a bit longer? His ears, and his ears were kind of... It's Swept like, back like a he bit. Had, he had wedges behind them to stick him out more hmm. sideways, which, you know, they always... I mean, they did it with Roe. They're updating all the prosthetics and stuff like that. I still think Worf probably looks the the best in terms of comparatively between yeah definitely you know nineties two thousands makeup and now but the big um, reveal for Tuvok changeling yeah like and that like he he was very much Tuvok there mm. to begin with but then once the crew like they were trying to do voice analysis and then Seven started talking about their um, games of Kalto yeah um, but then. When they figured out, or when Seven figured out that he wasn't yeah, Tuvok, she laid a trap. just that change in like because yeah, we never really smile. seen that emotion out of Tuvok's face, mm. and then it was just like this dark, like it was cr- almost creepy. Oh, it was absolutely creepy. Yeah, but I I love the reference too because she's kind of set a trap and said, "Oh, let's meet at a certain place, whatever it was named." She's like, oh, and he's like, sure, let's do it. And that's when she knew because she's like, Tuvok would never meet there because of anti-colonar protests or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then the kicker was she was like, because she mentioned something about her um, neural pattern. Um, she's like, oh, I had a procedure done there. And she's like, ha, fooled you, bitch. You, like, t- the real Tuvok. Um, they did a mind meld. Did, yeah, yeah, did a mind meld for mind. That was infinite regress when mm-hmm. she was experiencing all the multiple, multiple personalities. Uh, that was her neural pattern was being lost, and it was Tuvok's mind meld that brought her back out of that. Yeah, so saved that was, her. That was a really nice touch. Um, so yeah, it was it was great to see Tuvok, but obviously a bummer that it's not the real Tuvok. Hopefully, what? we get some kind of resolution. Well, to that yeah, then they were the like, end. "What's happened to the real Tuvok?" And they'll yeah, it's like they've got him captured somewhere, and 
Yeah, I kind of got the vibe, like my brain trying to make sense of it straight away went, okay, so maybe like the changeling that is now Tuvok was originally the first, like one of the senior staff on on that ship and Tuvok's told an old story about he and Seven playing Kalto, blah, blah. It was long That's time. how they've got the information. That's how they got the info and then eventually when the time was right, replaced him. Um, whereas obviously Seven went straight to, oh God, they've got him captive and they're torturing him for information. But I don't know that that's like, a Kalto game would be something he'd give up under torture as opposed to the better way for a changeling. Just a bit of yeah. conversation. Cat conversation, you know, yeah. But then that that changeling turned itself into Riker. Zombie Riker. Yeah, zombie Riker, like mm. to make them think that he was dead and, you know, under duress. And yeah, that was creepy as like, well. Yeah. And the only appearance of Riker in this episode, which was... Kind of a bummer. Well, and we didn't get Wolf and Raffi either. Now I'm thinking about it. Or Troy. And, you know, cutting towards the, the end of the episode, it's like, well, the Shrike was right there and Vatic beams over. I'm like, are we to assume that Riker and Troy are still being held hostage on the Shrike? So they're kind of there? I'd say so. But just didn't get any screen time? Yeah. Potentially. Because well, we didn't really, we, we spent very minimal time on the Shrike this episode. Yeah, true. It was very much just all, again, all on the... But, oh my God, hallelujah, this might be the first episode. No 10 forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Oh, I know that's been a big sticking point of yours, so... Oh, I mean, we still only we still only had like three sets we were working. I guess we did get the, the new set now of where law and law slash data is being held. And then, I don't know if we'd seen it before, but the cool... Um, little area that looked like Voyager's medical bay slash science bay where we're originally holding. Oh, where uh, Data Lore is, yeah. To begin with, and then that's the same spot where Vatic disappeared up the little pee hole thing when she escaped. It almost, like, to me, it almost looked like an old sort of transporter bay that's had the pads removed. Oh, no, that that pattern is um, Voyager's sick bay. That's like the, the isolation, like the, where the main bio Do you think is. it was like one of the old sets that they dug up and reused somehow? No, maybe? I think it was probably just a, an homage to that. Because there were, there were bio beds around. So I'm assuming mm. it was maybe like a secondary sick bay or something like that. Because the, 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 the Trill doctor wasn't around anywhere. Yep. Or did she get evacuated? No, she's been, she's been here since the evacuation, hasn't she? She didn't get evacuated. Mm, did we see her this episode? No, I don't Not think Not in we this did. episode. but we Maybe did, she has been evacuated. We saw her last week though, didn't we? When... It was only early on last week, I think, because I think the last time we saw her was when um, Beverly was dissecting the the changeling that looked like Sydney. Yeah, like the only people that are really yeah. left are sort of the bridge crew. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know whether she got evacuated. Or the, I can't the, remember the young bridge crew people. Yeah, um, and the other thing too with all that two vaccine we should mention is it took place in the Chintoka system. Yeah, which is a throwback to DS Nine. Space Nine. Yeah, the Battle of Chintoka. There was two of them. That was. Uh, uh, I want to say Tears of the Prophets, the episode where Jadzia died. Oh, they were off. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen that episode. Oh, don't do that. that um, that's that's one of those episodes that gets me. That yeah, one. that was the first Battle of Chintoka where they left Jadzia behind and and her contract got <laughs> got non renewed. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, the Chintoka system's rough because then we see it again in season seven, and that's where the Breen Davening weapons destroyed the Defiant. Yeah, so, you know, talking about, you know, the Chintoka system there, that, you know, the Titan was trying, well, the crew were trying to hide in old, you know, destroyed ships and, like, all that sort well, yeah, of stuff. Well, yeah, I was confused. It said junkyard. So, is it, a, like, it was a very strategically important place during the Dominion yeah. War, but now it just seems to be a debris field and no one's cleaned it up in the last 20 years. 
there's so much space up there. Why would you bother cleaning it up? Well, it's, it was an important system for some reason. It's some it's somewhere in between Bajor and Cardassia. So, yeah, maybe. But then mm. they the next place they went to hide the Titan was uh, was it was in like the wreckage of a Vulcan warship. They said. Well, they said it. the caption at the bottom just said "open space." Alpha Quadrant. Well, yeah, Open Space Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, mm. which, why, why would they even have that yeah. written down there? Like, give us a I bit guess, more of a location. I guess because there was more debris, I guess. And they want to confuse the audience to be the Chintoka debris as opposed to this. And it was Vatic that area. said it was a Vulcan warship too. Because, like, yeah. do the Vulcans still have warships? I know the Vulcans still have, like, science vessels, which are quite capable of defending themselves. Hmm. But, yeah, warship, yeah. is that just, know. you know... Vatic and all her cronies just thinking everything's a warship. Yeah, and then also obviously the whole thing was a ruse. So like that ship has obviously been there for some time and Picard must have known about it and used it as part of his ruse. As to the bait. Vatic. But um yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, okay. Um more great people moments between uh Picard and Beverly. Yeah, in this episode. Were yeah. They? Yeah, I really like. Remember at the start there, where Picard and Beverly are, they're talking about the like the virus and the biological weapon and stuff, and mm-hmm. then yeah, how you know, yeah, Beverly's suggesting a biological weapon. She's basically yeah. losing a part of herself, and, and, and then remember how they didn't talk about it for the rest of the episode, and then at the end of the episode, got kind of busy. <laughs> and then, well, at the end of the episode, they had a different moral quandary of: Do we just straight up execute Vatic or not? Yeah. Why? Why not? Well, I, no, I just mean, like, we had this one moral quandary that we've set up at the start it of the episode. Looked and like went, she was ready to do it. No, no, the moral quandary at the start of the episode. Yeah. They went, well, we have this moral quandary. Do we create a biogenic weapon to destroy the change? We'll just put that up on the shelf and we'll take care of that next week and give some thought about that. And they were really, they were talking about that for a good couple of minutes. And then they get to the Vatic scene and within about 10 seconds when when um, Picard goes, oh, do we abandon everything that we've ever believed before and just straight up murder this bitch? And Beverly goes, hmm, yes. In like <laughs> a second. She'd obviously been thinking about it for a while. I don't know how I feel about that. And then turns out it didn't matter anyway because theoretically, like if that if that moment had played out exactly the way Beverly and Picard had wanted to, right? They both pulled out their phases. Yes. What were they going to do? They would have lowered the force field and shot her. And yeah, but when the well, force get, field did go down, they shot her several times. And nothing happened. So in that scene, and I haven't watched it again, obviously, but it almost looked like her body or her goo mm. sort of split out into parts to sort of like dodge the phaser beams almost. Yeah, so their whole their whole conversation about... I don't think they think she could do that, though. Yeah, but their whole conversation about executing her now becomes moot. And why did we spend 10 minutes on it when it had no relevance to the episode. Like, it's this whole big thing. Are Beverly and Picard going to abandon the last 30 years of canon we've known about them and, and decide they're just going to execute this woman because there's no nothing else we can do and it's to save our son? And they're like, yes. And then they go to do it and they couldn't have done it if they wanted to anyway because she survived the shot. <laughs> that is dumb. That is dumb, dumb, yeah. dumb. 
That is a that is a poor resolution to, drama. to an excellent setup. Adds to the drama. Maybe. That's some fucking CW writing for you right there. Oh, I don't know. Fucking I think sorry, Linda. Whatever your name was, Jane Max. Yes. I think Jane Max. You sorry, may Jane. have a lot to answer for. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think look, you're on Maddie's list now. Somehow, no. <laughs> if if she had anything to do with. The amazing monologues that Geordie LaForge did in this episode, all is forgiven. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. I want to save that. Okay. All right, because that, that, that was some gold right there. That was definitely some gold. So, the hand... I'm calling the hand face. All right? So, Vatic's hand that she cuts off that turns into the face. I'm calling oh, that yeah. hand face guy. Hand face. Wilson. Wilson. Wilson from, well, yeah, um, it was, from Castaway. Yeah, it was hand a, face. a volleyball. Yeah. But yeah, now this is... A hand, but it's a put, face. He put the blood yeah, on I his know. hand and made a face. <laughs> I have it's, seen the movie. It's literally, <laughs> a hand it's literally face. a hand face. <laughs> I'm trying to help here. It's a blood hand face. Yeah. Yeah, like, so the old hand face man, mm. he said to Vatic, like, your people. Yeah, so there's some kind of separation between whether he's a changeling or whether he's something different or whether... There's now a separation between the traditional style changelings and these new um, evolved changelings. Yeah, because like we, we obviously learnt quite a lot more about Vatican in this episode. Mm, um, absolutely. You know, so she is a traditional changeling. However, it seems like her genetic structure has been modified or she's learnt... Well, no, she was experimented yeah, on. Yeah, she was experimented and, and on by Section 31. Yeah, and she's taken the face of her... Of her abuser. Her torturer, yeah. her abuser, yeah. Yeah, it's um, like that, they showed, like, flames on them and, yeah, like, cutting them, injections. And, and, and yeah, like, she mentioned something about they, they taught or gave her the ability to synthesize her own blood and pass all these other screenings. And there was nine others of them, but section 31 had captured. Yeah. Which again is, is weird that section 31 was able to just secure them in, in little test tubes behind a glass door. And they just happily sat there and went, okay. Well, yeah, like Stockholm syndrome. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. Why? Why? You, you, You don't, Know about Stockholm Syndrome? I or? know a lot about Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> but stop trying to defend bad writing. Are you trying to tell directing. people something? That you know something about Stockholm Syndrome, Matty? Yes. I'm being held against my will right now. Okay. Feel free to leave, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a poor, like... There were just nine little test tubes of goo up on a shelf behind a glass door. Why were those changelings just copying it? It's it's the show's responsibility to tell me that they're in a stasis field or they're something or other, you know? That's the show's responsibility to tell me. You've got 10 extremely dangerous changelings that are being experimented on and essentially tortured against their will. Well, no one gets tortured at their own will, do they, really? You've not seen um, Fifty Shades of Grey? That's not torture. It absolutely is. <laughs> um, I've only seen the first one, I think. So, yeah. First one? No, there's. you can definitely be tortured with your own consent. Um, so, yeah, I just it's little things like that that bug me. Okay, that's fair. You know, once again, you know, Maddie and I disagreeing on uh, mm. things that we see, but yeah, that's all the fun of being human. But anyway, yeah, so three blind mice. I don't think that's anything. No, well, obviously, so 
Vadik's uh, torturer, that was what she was whistling mm. the whole time. So that's kind of stuck with her and yeah. yeah it's like in her brain and but this is the first time we've heard it though isn't it in this episode like it it might have had a little more resonance if she'd been humming it in episode one when we first met her but it was kind of just introduced in this episode and then we find out later on why but then obviously she kills her capturer or her well, torturer and not like, obviously it was a little bit well yeah maybe that person's still alive well no like we were saying sort of when the episode turned off either she either killed her and took her form or somehow like absorbed her body into hers. Cause we always yes. see this kind of the tendril go, go through the, the scientist's shoulder. And then we just see the now changeling Vatic with the scars on her face, which is obviously a choice. She's chosen because we've seen her take forms of other things and she replicates them perfectly. So she's making the choice to put the scars and stuff on the face. Um, but yeah, we don't actually see like the original scientist's body like dead on the ground. So yeah, are, are these that. new in inverted commas uh, changelings? Mm. Let's call them the ten. The ten are, are are the ten. Are they taking almost human hosts as well and integrating them into their own bodies? Which is why mm. they don't look like the the clean goo like Odo did, and they've got this fatty, visceral look about and them. And why they have these extra abilities? Yeah, yeah, it's. Quite interesting it's to interesting. think. And, it yeah. obviously then does disprove what we one of the things we thought about is maybe that they were part of the hundred from from like Yeah the, the hundred changelings. Yeah. Um the only thing I I wasn't happy with is when Vatic is monologuing and she talks about the morphogenic virus and how that was, you know, used on her people before um, you know, basically a DS9 recap of of everything that happened and, and how Oda was infected with that before they were actually at war with the Dominion, like a full year before war yep. was actually declared with the Dominion. And then she has this line about um, the the Federation Council refused to release it, which is true. That's established yes. in Deep Space Nine. And then she says, one of our own had to steal it, as in steal it meaning the cure. That's hot, sweaty bullshit. Bashir, okay. and, Bashir and O'Brien stole that from Section 31 and killed Sloan in the process. Or Sloan offed himself in the process and they had to go into his brain to get it. Bashir and O'Brien then gave that cure to Odo because he was suffering from the disease by that point. And Odo then left Bajor, joined the Great Link, and cured his people. Mm-hmm. But this, so either Vatic is lying or it's poorly written. Or Vatic just doesn't know. Which leads to my second point, it's poorly written. What, what, why, like, what, why is that poorly written when, you know, like... What, why would you... When she knows everything else, she knows the Federation Council voted no against it. She knows, like in episode one, she knows, um, is it Picard's or Jack's like psychological profile? She knows Shores. all these things. Yeah. And then they're going, she's not going to know that one thing about the cure? No. She's either lying or it's poorly written. Okay. Yeah. Once again, Maddie delving deep into these things. I know my trick. What can I say? What? If you're going to fuck around with Deep Space Nine, bitch better have my money. Because <laughs> Maddie gets so gangster. I don't. I don't fuck around. I do not. It's a very much. Do you, do you know what Picard is doing? They're fucking around. And do you know what they're also doing? They're going to find out. They're finding out. So in this episode as well, there was a scene with a little bit more lighting. <gasps> Hallelujah! Turns out the only place in this entire fucking ship where you can get some decent lighting is the turbo lift. 
right? But what what did you and I obviously obviously I've noticed before? But what did you finally see with your poor eyesight? The red, sh- no, not my poor eyesight. <laughs> the poor lighting. I have seen it much. though the whole time. Yeah, well, you're used to that TV with its weird settings. What do you um, mean weird settings? It's got some weird settings, bro. Oh, um, the red shoulders on these horrible. What you've now we found out was a weight team. They're uniforms. a weight team jackets. The jacket's fine. The vertical pips can suck my left nut. I hate those vertical pips. <laughs> but the jackets are cool. But it's nice to be able to finally see the jacket and appreciate all the work that went into it by the costumers and see those red shoulders. Because Raph, Raph is yellow shoulders. You can see them from friggin' orbit. Yeah, well, yeah, they're bright as, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, whereas, it's, it's a very dark red that they've got mm, on them. Vadik is wearing brighter red. Than, than what those away team jackets are. I, I really, really like those jackets. I think they're cool as. They're cool. They just don't make any sense. I think one with like black shoulders would be cool to just wear around. Well, then it's just a black leather jacket. Yeah, but it, like the design of it, just cool as. Yeah, it's like yeah, a nice it's... perforated leather and yeah, yes, it's cool. And, it's, and it would obviously be much, much, much more comfortable for the actors wearing it because it's not the zip up where you get a wedgie when you sit down in the duty uniforms and stuff like that. But if it's an... Tell me that it's an away team. Mate, with my uniform at work, because yeah. I spend a lot of time sitting down these days at a desk, mm. it does the same. And I f- actually found myself oh, this week. Oh, is yours week, a onesie? Are you not? Are you, no, it's not a onesie. pants, belt and shirt? No, no, it's still it's still pants, belt and shirt, but yeah. I still find myself doing this. Oh. Yeah, pu- pulling my yeah, shirt oh, down yeah, to straighten the, it up. The Picard maneuver. Yeah, yeah. because in, in Next Generation, <laughs> they had um, pants and, and, and top. And yes. that's why they do Picard maneuver. There's a great... Um, a special feature of Robert Picardo from Voyager because he just wears a onesie. Yes. And he says every time you sit down and then a hurry, you get a wedgie. Ah, uh, no, no. Yeah, it goes straight. <laughs> no, no, I'm it. talking about, yeah, pull, as I said, pulling, yeah, no, the, pulling the shirt down. Yeah. No, so I think they'd be much more comfortable with the actors. It just doesn't make sense in universe because Ro wasn't wearing an away team uniform. She was wearing the more traditional uniform but had vertical pips for some reason. But then... Suddenly in this episode, in last episode, like Riker started wearing it, uh, the leather jacket away thing. And yeah, Raffi it's started an away team. The vertical thing. Yeah. They didn't go anywhere. And then this episode, Shaw and Seven have now started wearing it, but they didn't go anywhere. They didn't away team. They didn't earn wearing their away team when they didn't away team. Actually, speaking, yeah, you know, obviously about away team uniforms, something I sort of noticed while we were watching like the recap of last week, yeah. Raffi's holster... Is that Seven's old Fenris Rangers holster? That would be a very cute touch if it is. Because I do, like, I was never someone who was upset at the end of season one that Raffi and Seven got together. The idea that Raffi... I wasn't upset about Raffi, it. Raffi, the idea that Raffi and... A lot, of, a lot of the fandom were upset, the idea that they were gay, bisexual, whatever. I'm assuming bisexual at this point because we've both we've seen them have relationships now with both men and women. Yes. So we can assume bisexual, pansexual, which makes sense, A, in that future, and B, especially for Seven of Nine, who has the memories of millions of people in her brain and has essentially lived as a man and a woman, it's fine. Um, it was it was weird at the end of season one because it came out of nowhere where they were just suddenly holding hands when they when they barely... Well, no one was really like upset like when Jadzia had that little thing with that other chick. Are you kidding me? Who was upset about that? Um, the entire fucking United States of America. They wouldn't air it in certain states, man. Really? I didn't know that. It was a huge deal ah. because there was a there was an on-screen kiss between two women in 1994 
Are you kidding me? That that caused more that caused more uproar in the Bible Belt than back in the sixties when Kirk kissed Uhura for the first. Yeah, but we're, time. we're talking about people, not fucking whack jobs. Yeah, they're watching the show. It was pulled. Um, but yeah, the only yeah, to me the only weird thing with Seven and Raffi was that the handhold at the end of season one came out of nowhere because they barely spoke any words to each other and so the other relationship. But then in season two, we got to see the relationship and it's actually a really sweet relationship that Seven and Raffi have. I really like it. It's so, they just have a really nice back and forth and play and I've kind of missed that this season. Yeah, it seemed like when they saw each other in the, uh, was it the transporter room? Yeah. It was a bit weird. And uh, yeah, because I don't know, like obviously in season, in episode one of this season, Raffi mentioned her and her partner were separated, you know, but I always, I just thought that was the bluff. That was the story she was making up as oh, part of her cover. No. <laughs> but then it's kind of like, oh, it is, it is kind of odd with them. So it is, it would be a cute touch if, um, yeah, if Raffi is wearing, wearing Seven's belt. Maybe it was left on the last Serena or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. It would have been, I would have loved a moment where Seven, you know, just looked at it and just looked down, looked up or something like that. Anyway, that was last week's touch. episode. Yeah. That was definitely. So, Vadek got onto the Titan mm. with her goons. So that's what I'm call, I'm calling yeah. those other, you know, changeling things goons. Well, I mean, she doesn't care if they die, so why should we? Yeah, that's you know, she's, they she's, just get shot. But there's one of them that's just so much bigger than the rest. He's a monster. And I find that the phases being really like inconsistent. Yes. Like at some point they'll get vaporized, but other times they just get shot, fall down and get back up. Or then like in Vadic's case, she just oozes around it. Yeah. Cause like, Shaw shot that, uh, that big goon mm. in the face. Cause I was like, Oh, down. in the face. He had, he hit the ground hard. And then Shaw went past him instead of, you know, double tapping him. Come on, Shaw, learn how to double tap buddy. Yeah. All right. Then it got up behind him and beat the piss out of him. Yeah. But then earlier on, Jack vaporized one. Yeah. But then a couple of episodes ago, Seven was able to stun the one that looked like Sydney. So obviously so, different settings on their phases. But, you know, sh- surely at this point, they would have learnt to put those settings way the fuck up. Yeah. So you can get one shot on these things and vaporize those fuckers. Yeah. It's, I, I, I don't like it. Yeah, that, that was one of my problems with the episode. Like, Shaw, stop being incompetent. Um, and why did Shaw leave the bridge of his own ship while it was under attack? Yeah, because Seven's just like chilling. Yeah, obviously it was, the, the it was for the moment for <laughs> us to see Shaw all bloody. I would have actually almost preferred it to have been flipped. Shaw should have stayed on the bridge of and his ship. And Seven being all bloodied. Imagine the, the response as us as viewers having way more of a connection to Seven. Oh. If we'd have seen those turbo lift doors open and just a bloodied Seven's face falling into that, like, that would have been so much better. It would have had definitely a much more of an impact on the audience, yeah. for sure. And I, I, have to, I have to chip the direction on there because that whole sequence, it was poorly done. Like Deborah, sort your life out. Deborah, come on, Deborah. Like... Seven's like, okay, they're all coming. Weapons up. They're, we know they're coming through the turbo lift. That was lift. cool. That was great. We know they're coming through the turbo lift. Every, there's like her and three other people around her, all with phases pointed at the turbo lift. Doors open. Shaw falls down. Seven steps in past Shaw to clear the turbo lift. Looks clear. And then the goo comes off the she floor. She turns around, gives her back to the turbo lift to then look at Shaw as the goo comes up. 
What were the other three, other four people that were looking at the turbo lift doing at that point? There's no cut to them to see what they're doing. What would have made more sense... They all sense, got tunnel vision. They were looking at their captain laying on the floor yeah, all bloody. Which was dumb. But it would have made more sense if in like if they'd all been interested in that and instead of the, the two goo coming up through the turbo lift, they all came through via the conference room like the rest of them did. And Shaw being in the turbo lift was the distraction to bring them all over to the turbo lift so they could they could enter in through the um through the floor conference room. Yeah. Oh yeah, yep. Because there was a whole bunch. It was like six or seven guys came through the the, um, the conference room. Doors. That's true. Yeah. So it was just it was it was a poorly shot sequence. I wasn't a fan of that. But then they'd uh, they ambushed uh, Jack and Sydney as well with some more of Vatic's people, uh, and Vatic got caught in a force field too. So Jack and Sydney were stuck in the middle of like this, you know, like a four ways hallway basically inside a force field. And then Vatic got caught in a force field. So they captured Vatic. Mm. Um, Jack and Sydney started having their uh, little, you know, mind conversation where Jack pretty much took over Sydney's body. Yeah, it was weird. For someone like. Like to begin with, I was like, oh, is he just telling her what to do? But then her eyes started glowing red as well. And I was like, oh, okay. He's actually sort of, he's taken control because of her she body. she kind of comes out of it at the end. is like, was that you in my brain? Yeah. Blah, blah, get out, holds a phaser to him and he's got to talk her down. I didn't like any of that. Yeah. Like what, what is this, what is this powers that Jack has? And like, what has been done to him? Is he one of the 10? That's my theory. My theory is maybe... Maybe he's one of the ten in deep cover and he doesn't know it. And him seeing all these tendrils and stuff like that is him his his original persona trying to break free, like kind of come his original yeah, changeling like, trying to come through that door and take control of the when body. When Vatic killed her capture, there was like that tendril that busted like through her shoulder. Yeah. And it looks similar. Looks but very yeah, similar we still haven't figured seen. out the red door. No, or his red eyes, or these weird new magical powers that and he the, seems yeah, to have. Like, like, and it was very much obviously, you know, ever since the the scene in the engineering thing where he's first started seeing the red door, like after being subjected to that vapor and all that kind of stuff, he's slowly been seeing things, and then this is the first time we've seen him hear things and it kind of felt like it was the first time he'd been able to hear things as well but then he goes and has that conversation with Picard about how he's always been weird and has been able to hear things like yeah. I I don't I don't know I don't like it well they they've have have been talking all the way along that you know he's not been normally he never slept well as a kid you know he's had bad dreams and all that sort of stuff, but and he now didn't remember that. And now suddenly he now, does. Yeah, now he's learning more about his abilities, and there's more as he accesses more abilities. More are sort of starting to come out, and yeah, he's basically Jason Bourne of Starfleet now. Well, now he's telepathic, Jason Bourne. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm it. It's almost like there's a big mixture of different DNAs that have been put into him. Well, yeah, when when he first started. Just hearing things, I, yeah, I was like, "Oh, is Betazoid. he? Yeah, is he? Is he Betazoid? Is he got you know some of Deanna's DNA as well? Is that you know? Is he going to be a mixture of everybody?" But yeah, then when he started being able to like essentially take control of Sydney's body, yeah, I don't know. And I hate being drip fed stuff like this. Like it's it. The, I think, it's like watching a big long ten hour movie. Yeah, and <laughs> with I, intermissions after every hour. And I've well, intermissions for a week every yeah. hour. 
which is really annoying. And I think that's the problem I'm having with this kind of stuff. Like this episode in particular, the pacing felt really, really off. Like it, it, it felt like we've run out of plot, but we need to save what we're doing for episode 10. So here's some, it felt very fillery. Felt like a lot of filler. A bit of a filler episode, yeah. Um, which is fine. We've had some phenomenal action and stuff the last couple of episodes, so I get it. But um, it just the, the the pacing was very off. Like, I was so enthralled by the Geordie data conversation, but it being intercut with the fighting and the, the Vatic monologuing and stuff like that, it kept taking me out of it. I just, I just wanted that whole data Geordie scene in one thing so that I could really connect to it emotionally and really enjoy what was going on. But there was all this overlap and intercutting and it kind of just ruined it a little bit for me because all that Geordie stuff was so fucking good. Oh, well, just going back to Vatic quickly for a second, Amanda Plummer, she is absolutely nailing this character. So unsettling. Like, I actually want her to get some sort of award for her acting in this. Like, I wouldn't go that far, mate. No, I, I, I really think she is just playing this um, beautifully, like as... Like just this crazy demented thing. Oh, she's having fun, and I feel I feel very uncomfortable watching her, which is great. Um, but I just, I'm hoping by the time episode ten rolls around, everything she's done is going to have made sense. Because at the moment, I don't think episode to episode what she's doing is actually making sense. Yeah, like, what What's her end game? Like, obviously, yeah, she wants Starfleet destroyed, but mm. like how she's going about it. Obviously they're trying to get all of Starfleet together at um at the museum Frontier there Day. for Frontier Day. So is there gonna be some sort of a giant, you know, explosion or yeah. are they gonna destroy a sun? Are they gonna do a Sam Carter? Well at which point then then there's this stupid um which I don't think is correct. I think it's a really bad red herring is this theory that Geordie and Beverly and Picard came up with about why they need his body and Jack's body because they're going to make some kind of DNA perfect replica yeah, cause, like, of Picard. Picard doesn't have DNA anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like if his golem body doesn't need DNA for when he's got to go and get his DNA scan at Frontier Day, what, what access is Picard going to have on Frontier Day that the changelings wouldn't already have? Like what, what, yeah, like, why? Why? What's going on? And I hate being drip-fed like this, and it's like, I will admit, um, Vatic did have a great line where it was this really cool metal. It re- reminded me of um, Soren when he's like, time is the fire in which we burn. And oh. she was talking about, like, fluidity, and she's like, um, uh, something about rivers knowing different ways to the ocean. And she's like, mm-hmm. we, were, we were always going to end up here. But it doesn't, you know... Which was really cool because it's like it was her sort of monologuing being like, okay, this was always the plan. At some point I was I was always going to capture you. I was always going to have you. But it, it just flies in the face of like those first three episodes when it's like if the Titan hadn't science the science, they would have died. They, the ship would have been destroyed with all hands inside the, the birthing chamber of, of the nebula thing. She had them then. Like yeah, why? she could have done it back then, and and now suddenly she's like, oh, we're running out of time. We don't have the yeah, time. She, she, it just yeah, she was, was she just playing with them back then? But yeah, what was the but, point? Just capture them. But then they were in real peril of being destroyed back then, which would would have stopped. And she was one that it would have fucked her situation. plans up. Yeah, would completely fucked her plans. So it's like 
this is where it's like I'm in my head. I'm like, make it make sense, guys. Like episode to episode, it's enjoyable, but I'm really getting concerned that as a whole arc, Vatic isn't going to make sense. Like the whole the whole arc, and of it's the not going to interconnect well. Yeah, and it's gonna just we're just gonna be finding more plot holes. Like, well, why? It's that just convoluted over uh, over um, thought plan with too many moving overthought steps. or underthought. <laughs> Well, no, it's got, it's got too many parts. It's like, Too many moving parts? It's just like all these things that they need to do, just it feels like they're padding the runtime. It feels like they only had enough for seven episodes, but they still, like it was established in this episode, oh, okay, so Frontier Day celebrations start in 36 hours. So they've, they've hit the ticking clock now. Yeah, we're day and a half. <laughs> we're basically 24 with that clock counting down in the corner. So we can assume that <laughs> 36 hours is going to, like the next two and a half episodes is going to take place over the next 36 hours. Yeah, because what that was episode seven. So Yeah, we've only got three to three. go. Three. Like, that's a lot to wrap up, eh? Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't... I don't know. This episode, like, no Raffi, no Worf, no Riker, no Troy. That's episode seven, and we've had a cumulative maybe 45 seconds of Troy. Yeah. At this point, we've only just gotten Data, and he's still fucking around with Law. Um, we're still dragging on this red door Jack Crusher crap. Yeah, we better figure that out soon. I think <sighs> next episode, I, I want to see some sort of resolution on that red door. Yeah. yeah I don't know if we're going to get it next episode, but yeah, next episode would be good. But you mentioned Data and Law there. Mm. Brent Spiner, nailing it. So good. He's able to change between his two characters you know, seamlessly. It is yeah. amazing to see. So well done. I did, I, I think this, maybe it was just the surprise of seeing him again, but I did feel like last week's um, things of him and throwing in a little bit of B4 yeah. helped. So when it is just data and law, it was still like just a masterclass, but I, I kind of, I would love to see a conversation between law and B4. Like, can you imagine, <laughs> can you, like, Law, as just, as they say this, as arch as he is, as over the top as Law is, can you imagine him just, you know, just expositioning and, you know, using his $5 vocabulary words and B4 just being, why is this man's head shiny? Like, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen just a little bit of that. But yeah, they've kind of established now that B4 and Sung are just kind of memories. They're not active. They're just kind of memories. And it's this real partition between law and data. Yeah, and, and we saw that on like the scanner as well. Like one half of his brain looked blue and the other half was yeah. Yeah, red. And, and then, you know, Geordie theorized that maybe this was Sung's plan all along. And they kind of got a little bit into the metaphysical, which is interesting in terms of, you know, it's like the id versus the ego. And it's like the good side of yourself and the bad side of yourself. And it's like is this why Data was never actually able to become a real boy? Because he needed that good side and bad side to coexist. I don't think we I We all can... have those those thoughts in our head where you go, oh, that's no, no. You know, that's yeah. sort of, you know, that evil side of you, that little devil on your shoulder for lack of a better expression. And so it's like, yeah. Maybe... Let it out, Maddie. <laughs> Who says it's not at the wheel? Just driving right now. <laughs> um so, yeah, so it's like I like the metaphysicalness of it, of being like, well, maybe the only way for Data to really become human, which at this point we're assuming that's going to be him in episode 10. He's going to be in this golem body 
that's essentially the same as Picard's, but he's going to be a re- he's he's going to be a combination of data and law, which will give him his humanity, which is and been he'll start using for. contractions like that'll that'll be Brent Spiner's last line is he's going to be data. And he's going to be using contractions, or he's gonna he's gonna whistle "Pop Goes the Weasel" and get it right. Oh, yeah, that'd know? be cool. Things like that, like that's that gets me excited, but it also gets me nervous. We've only got three episodes to do it in. But hey, Geordie jo- <laughs> absolutely poured his heart Holy out. Fuck! And not only was it cathartic for us as a viewer, because like, because I personally, I I cannot go through seeing Data die again for a third time. <laughs> Like the first two times, fucking ate me up. Oh, see, the first one, I didn't oh, didn't really bother me. Oh, I've probably got more of a connection to Data than you do. Oh, obviously yeah. through the whole, the whole next generation. Next generation, yeah. like he was one of my favorite characters yeah. throughout that whole thing. And like I to think... see him die like that at the end of Nemesis, like to me, it was like he'd always wanted to be human. He wasn't human, but that sacrificing yourself. Or your friend was so human. Yeah. I think it was just the lackluster circumstances around it didn't help. Um, the the scene where they all toasted to him at the end was the, was the part that got me. Um, but obviously, Geordie, ne- like on screen, we never got to see Geordie reconcile that. And, and Geordie and... Because Geordie was the one that sort of like pressed the button to let him yeah, out. Yeah. He was Knowing there, he, he was going to die. Yeah. Um... So I feel like in the same way that as a viewer, it was 20 years of build, like catharsis for us to finally see Geordie get his moment. I, I would assume it was it would be the same kind of re- release for Lavar because he didn't really get a lot to do in Nemesis. So he wasn't really given a no. lot. Um, no, it was very much more, yeah, Picard-centric. Like it always is. But yeah, yeah. Like th- but, they, they really concentrate, especially on or in um, First Contact, they really concentrated on that connection between Picard and Data. Yeah. But we always knew that Geordie and Data, like, they had that friendship. And yes. they were, like, best friends. Picard Picard and Data is a father and son. Like yes. Picard, Picard is the substitute father for Sung. Like, that's, yep. always, that's always been the case. But um, I, so I felt like while they have respect for each other, I don't know that you could necessarily say they love each other. It's a it's a professional respect and admiration and a closeness, undoubtedly. But he loved Geordie and Geordie loved him. That was his best friend. Oh, absolutely. So we, we never got that that like Geordie never got his moment to like on screen to grieve to grieve and for us to feel that and to feel the and friendship. he's he said he's been grieving for like twenty years. Yeah, and like, then that was just like oh, I felt that. Yeah, and then him just you know continue on and be like you know when you died it broke me, but. You also fixed me. The the memory of our friendship fixed me. It made me a better father. It made me a better person. Like there was so much in that. It was so well done. And like I said before, any any qualms I had with this episode were forgotten in that moment because that that monologue that um, Lavar had was top tier to me. To me, that was better than the the Shaw Wolf three five nine that everyone raved on about that I didn't particularly care for. <laughs> um, that's that that Geordie thing. I'm here for. It just sucks that the show was sort of directed, edited in such a poor way that it was intercut with all the other action things going on that took me out of the moment. So, if I'd have been in the editing suite, it would have been a very differently cut episode, and would have just been just a shot on Geordie's face. That's all we needed. We didn't need all the other stuff around it. Yeah, there was def like this whole episode and like the whole season. 
has had some absolutely amazing character people moments, like character development, characters getting closure, mm. all that sort of stuff has been great this season. I've, I've really enjoyed it. There's been a good mix of action in there. Sometimes, you know, maybe it's been underdone. Sometimes it's been overdone. But overall, so far, I'm actually really enjoying this season much more than I enjoyed season one and season two. Absolutely. Yeah, few, like just leaps and bounds. It is It is so much better um, for those individual moments. It's the content. And we've got the whole crew back, which well, is what should have happened from of. the start of Picard. Sort of. We only just got Data and we still really haven't got Deanna. Yeah. Um, well, and that was the other thing too is... So Vatican. Marina Sirtis lives in London. Yeah. Which is why we've only oh, had yeah, such a small amount of her. Yeah. And she's been through a lot in her personal life recently too. Yeah. Um, I'm the one that told you that. <laughs> I yeah, I was reading that too. Um, I told you that like episode one. Yes, I know, but I've also been reading it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now you've read it, you believe it. Um, <laughs> the, the problem is... Um, oh, I've forgotten where I was going now. Um, People moments... Yeah, the people moments. Action. Yeah, I don't know. I've Maddie's lost it. Lost it. I've lost it. Something, it was something to do with Deanna. It was just... She lives in London. Yes, we established <laughs> that. We, that was what took Personal me off, life. That was what took me <laughs> off the track that I was trying to make. So restating that part isn't going to help get me back on. Come on, man. Um, But she's only had, you know... She maybe 30 had... 30 seconds on screen. Two minutes max. Yeah. Which, um, you know... Isn't great. I we're gonna see more. Yeah, we're definitely gonna see more. It's, oh, that's that's what I was getting to. Is so in this episode we have the strike finally catches up with the Titan, and they board the Titan. So and presumably, Riker and Troy are still being held captive on, on the strike. Yeah. So they're like right there. Did Vadic take her entire force over? Is it just Riker and Troy behind a force field? on the strike by themselves going, hello, well, I'd like to get down The now. strike's a rather large ship too. So like how many goons does she have on that ship? Like we've only seen the bridge really. Well, I'm, I'm assuming they're the 10. That's just an mm, assumption. No, right? I, I don't think so. Like, I don't think so. Um, I think they're, my thought is that they're like Vadek's own version of Jem'Hadar, which she's made out of, Genetically engineered changelings. That's my thoughts. I could be wrong. Yeah, but I'm saying, well, she's making this big deal about her. They're and definitely not the ten. Her and nine others. You can't say definitely. Oh, I can. I just did definitely. Okay, so, again. See? So she, she's got she's got <laughs> roughly ten guys that we've seen on her ship following her around, and she's just told a story about her and nine others that were experimented on, and you're saying they're definitely not the ten. So I think, so the first changeling that we got to see, old Jesse from Fast and the Furious, mm. I think he was one of the 10 mm-hmm. because he's got that same fatty sort of viscerally look about him. Yeah, but we haven't seen any of these other guys change form, have we? No, but these, the, these bird face guys. The ones that are getting shot, which are the fatty viscerally sort of ones, they're not just going, are they? They're sort of when what they do you get, mean? well when they get shot with the phases, they they're not just sort of like disintegrating, are they? Well, we've we've only seen Jesse. Yeah, but he didn't just go fucking poof, did he? No, but the one on Metallus Prime did. 
or Metallus Five or whatever when Worf shot him. Yes, he, but he what he what didn't have the fattiness about him, he did, did he? He had he had all fatty sinewy stuff in him, and he was vape. He was oh, he was was wasn't he? Yeah. Phaser. It was a different type of phaser as well. Yeah, yeah. he was using the Nemesis okay. phaser. Maybe, but then but then the other problem is she shot one of or she had one of her guys shoot one the other day. Like this is the problem I have. But then we've got the, yeah the one that looks like looked like Sydney as well. Like what type of well that's Jesse. That? That's that's Jesse. That's the same one. Was it? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, it's the same one. That was the one. That, that was the one that was on board. I've the had Titan. a lot going on the last few weeks, man. Well, this, this is the problem. <laughs> is this if they just released all ten episodes in one and we could binge them all? But it's like all these things we have to remember from eight weeks ago. And I'm actually at the end of this. I am going to binge them all. Absolutely, because I want to make sure it all fucking makes sense. Because the moment put, I'm, put I'm it worried that it doesn't. Um, but yeah, the other thing is, it's like Vadic's whole thing is about. She said it to Picard. It's some line about you killed my family, so I'm going to kill yours. Blah blah blah. She fucking murdered one of the guys on her bridge last week. Yeah, that's why I, I don't think that they are, are the same level of changeling as her. They're still I, a changeling. I, I honestly think that they've grown them in a lab like they did with Jem'Hadar, these ones. They're Which, still a changeling. Th- they're the new Jem'Hadar. Okay, but if you're so psychologically scarred because this guy you've never met, Picard, apparently took her family. Apparently Picard is responsible for the entire Dominion War, even though he knew nothing fucking about it. Um, she's blaming everything on him. You took my family. So she's created a new family and then murdered one of them on a bridge. Get fucked. Mm. It's bullshit. No, look, I, to- I totally, I totally get it. I get that she's, she's demented. She's demented and insane, but that's her line in the sand is solids versus changelings. And she fucking murdered one on her bridge in a TV show that established 20 years ago. No changeling has harmed another until Odo did. Correct. And he got fucking turned <laughs> into a solid because of it. So I just, we're just spinning our wheels here and I just, I want more forward momentum. It's, it's, it's frustrating me. And I, this episode really frustrated me. So you want do. less lube more, to get more traction? Ram it in. Ram it, ram it home? Just ram it in. Ram it home? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what happens. Oh, by the way, Sydney absolutely would have been shot in the face in this episode. Oh, yes, for sure. There was a point where the big guy was chasing her down the hallway yep. for a solid five meters, pointing the phaser at her. Yes. Shoot her. Yeah, wh- why didn't he shoot her? You know, he just doesn't want to shoot the pretty girl. I don't know. It was just a poorly directed episode. Deborah. Yeah. And <laughs> Maddie's again, not happy with you. <laughs> and this is a problem. Okay, I'm going to go on another rant here. Yes. This is another problem that I have with Lower Decks. I'm just going to sit back for a second. Good. Lower Decks. Hey, they're all fucking ensigns in that show and they're living in a hallway in bunk beds. That's where enlisted people sleep. Uh, that's only because it's a California class ship and it's small. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> a sh- it is a California class ship and it's small. Yes, but a ship is designed to have enough quarters for the crew that it needs. Harry Kim, straight out of the academy as an ensign, got lush officers level quarters on Voyager. Well, mate, we've already established that the 24th century ships are better than these ones that we've got now. Correct, but isn't isn't the Cerritos a 24th century ship? Cuz it has a it has yeah, a register. Yeah. It is. So they shouldn't be sleeping in hallways, right? Anyway, we get to this episode and ungrateful Sydney LaForge is whinging about her quarters being small cuz she's only an ensign. <laughs> she's a fucking officer. There would be on a, on a, there would be crewmen sleeping in the hallway, probably. Exactly, exactly. Crewmen and enlisted men would be have way better, way worse quarters than she does, and she's whinging. 
I don't like it. And then Jack's talking about finding himself like a lush room and he's inviting just her over. Wrapped up in someone's oh, someone's room. He's he's inviting her over for yeah, bit of hanky panky. Yeah, and instead she wants to be soft touched in the uh, in the turbo lift on the hand. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is the only safe place to be soft soft touched because you can actually see what's going on. Yeah, well, there's a bit more lighting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna come back. Uh, sitting forward again. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was just leaning back. Okay, good. So, um, any other thoughts on this episode, Maddie? The only thing we should mention is there was that line uh, that Data slash Law had. Uh, he was like pulling the files from the back of his brain and the, um, for lack of a better term, autopsy of Picard's original body said something about the, the diagnosis of aromatic syndrome oh, yes. was potentially um, incorrect. Yeah, not, not what we think, yes. Mm. So I... Yeah, they've misdiagnosed, uh, which means yeah. that Jax could be misdiagnosed as well. Correct, so, which would make sense because of all these weird gnarly superpowers that he's getting obviously isn't his aromatic syndrome. So was that aromatic syndrome caused by the changelings on Jean-Luc somehow? I mean... I, I don't know. Like, does it make, probably doesn't make sense because at that point he wasn't a golem. Well, he was, and he was also diagnosed with aromatic syndrome well before. I suppose not well before. I guess season. It was in season season two of um, DS Nine would have been the end of the end of Next Generation. That's that's a big call though. To at that point, the changelings to already have identified Picard as someone and done something to him off screen to give him. The false diagnosis of aromatic syndrome. Yeah. Everyone seems to, yeah. Picard's very fucking centric of the entire Star Trek universe, isn't he? Everyone mm. comes after Picard. Yeah, it, and it's a big leap too, given that it's like the end, the final episode of season two of DS Nine. Mm-hmm. They destroy a galaxy class ship by flying a Jem'Hadar ship into it, into it, kamikazing yeah. it and blowing it up. So that's a big jump to say in the, at the same moment they had a changeling infiltrating the Enterprise and injecting Jean-Luc Picard with something that didn't take effect for another how long? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. There, there, there's a lot to figure out. And as mm. we've said, what we've got three episodes left to wrap all of this up. I mm. would also like to see a you know, a wrap-up and a result for you know, what's happening with the actual Tuvok. Yes, I do hope I, I we want get... to know... Yeah, I hope at some point we get at least a little button scene where because he's he's a big character. Mm. Like we we need to find out what's happened to him. Like yeah. I I don't want that to be the last that we see of Tim Ross Correct. as Tuvok. Correct. Like we've seen him as other characters, but yeah, yeah, we definitely need a little button on that. Just maybe in the last episode after all the the climax and stuff is that like done. We it doesn't we don't even need to necessarily see him even a line to just be like, hey, we found Tuvok, he's okay. You know, something something for seven to you know something for seven to follow up and you know, mate, that would be the perfect way to bring Janeway that. into the show at the end. She sees Jean Luc and it's like, yeah, we rescued Tuvok. I mean, at this point, surely she's got to get a cameo. She's been mentioned in almost every episode. Yeah, so just about. Far. Uh, and if you knew what was happening in Prodigy, you would uh, you would be like, okay, all right, there's maybe a possibility of something. Yeah, I think if Maddie sees Janeway in live action again, he is going to get excited. And I think we, that's going to make wait, up for everything that he doesn't like. Are we going like. to get a shot of her boots? <laughs> <laughs> 
Her and Seven in their boots yeah, together. in their heels. In their proper uniforms, not these stupid away team uniforms. If Janeway rocks up with vertical pips. Or Maddie's got the finger out. If, <laughs> if Janeway rocks up. Oh, no, no. I guarantee if Janeway rocks up and she is seen in vertical pips, I will get up off this couch mid-episode. I will walk out that door and you will not see me and you'll be podcasting on your own. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't mean that. I absolutely do. Okay. That is, the line must be drawn here. This far, no further. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. Excellent. I, I've got the button. I might as well use it. You should get the quark one too. Oh, well, yeah, I, I can. Mm. The line has to be drawn here. This far, no further. I, I actually need a button for Janeway in case we do see her. Ooh. Ooh, what what what, what, okay, what shall give, we have? You've given me homework now for, <laughs> for for what phrase I want her to say. Listeners, slip into Maddie's DMs. Slip yeah, into my DMs. Give me some ideas. Let us know because I'm okay. Between now and next week, you know I'm going to do an entire rewatch. Can it just be the like the seven seasons? The sound that those fucking sluggy things that she turned into. <laughs> the what ten salamanders? Yeah. No, no. What what hairstyle would Janeway come in with? Uh, well, <laughs> if you watch Prodigy, you would know. Yeah, but what what year is Prodigy set? Uh, kind of nowish. Okay, it's it's post Voyager. Um, what's the name of the ship? The the Proto Star. Proto Star. Yeah, it, it's a cool mate. Ship. It looks cool. The bridge inside it looks massive. Mm. Like, well, it's a very small ship. So yeah, but the bridge looks huge. It it very it gives me um Orville vibes. Like if you think about how the Orville is positioned. On um, yep. the bridge's position on the Orville. It's very similar to that, but it's a smaller ship than the Orville. Oh, I love the Orville. Such mm. a good show. Yeah. Um, no, show. definitely you need to you need to get on board some Okay. Boats. Well, I've watched the first two episodes. I'll probably go back and watch the first two again because it's been a while. I'll warn you now, the first six or seven are a slog. They're tough. I fell asleep during That's the probably why I've only watched the first yeah. two. It's, it's not great. It's not great. I will give it that. But slowly but surely, it's... It's making its way and it's finding its footing and it's becoming really, really enjoyable. All right, I will watch it. Is it kid-friendly? Yes. Because it's got that very, you know... Well, it's Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon so kitty vibe. It was designed for children. It was, uh, But I feel like they are slowly moving away from that. I remember some of the early promo was like, it's a kid's show. She's like, it, I remember Kate was like, everybody could watch it, but it's predominantly a kid's show. And it is. Those first six, seven episodes, you may as well be watching Play School. Um, but it does... Um, it does adult up a little bit later on. So I'm hoping we see more of that change um, moving forward. Yeah, right. Okay, well. All right, well, currently on, um, what is it, IMDb, this episode, uh, season three, episode seven, Dominion, has an 8.1 rating from 525. Respectable. Yeah, Respectable, but, I mean, down from the last couple, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. There's been a couple of nines and stuff in there. Let me have a little quick look. Like if, I, if I go back here, like we've got... Yeah, so 8.1 was disengaged. So 8.4 was the next generation. 8.1 disengage. 8.5, 17 seconds. 9.1, no win scenario. Imposters was a 9. The Bounty, 9.1. And Dominion, 8.1. Yeah, I think that's fair. It was so it's a, a it's, it's a little bit of a drop off, but it's sort of, it's pretty steady up there. Mm. Like, I did actually read something before we sat down and watched the episode. I, I try and stay off uh, social media as much as I can on Fridays because uh, it comes out Friday night here um, in Australia. Well, that's when we watch it. Um, I made the mistake of jumping on Twitter this afternoon for a split second and then had to get off it quick. But I did read because obviously a lot of the media sources are getting 
they got the first six and then they got two and then they got, you know. Um, they're saying apparently episodes seven and eight work better as almost like a two-parter. They, mm-hmm. look, they, they seem better sort of back-to-back. So, yeah, maybe next week's episode will help forgive some of the sins of this episode and make it all sort of make sense a little bit more. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And the showrunners and the people that are involved with the show have been doing really good with putting out stuff on social media. Mm. Like, it's been really, really good. I, I, I'm seeing, like, there's some cool pictures that I've sent Maddie of, like... The, the ships at the Starbase and yeah. all that sort of stuff, like explaining all that stuff. That, that stuff, those little bonuses, I find are really, really fun. But I am noticing more and more Terry Metalis in particular on his Twitter is having to explain plot points to people, which isn't a good sign because it means people aren't understanding what they're putting out there and he's needing to clarify things after the fact, which yeah. isn't a great sign. That's the stuff I don't want to see. Is that people that aren't Uber fans, do you think? Or, or is that newer? Um, no, there's... I mean, I've been reading a lot of them, and it's a lot of the same questions that I've been having. Okay. Uh, I, as of last, last... I'm not really on Twitter Last much, week, so. you sent me the challenge. I did. I did at Terry Metalis. Oh, did you? About, about Sydney being a pilot, and he either didn't see it or he ignored it. He's just like, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, he did. He did do a little bit of a rant tweet about an hour after I tweeted him, though. So maybe he did see it, and, and I put him in a bad mood. I don't know. He's um, like, "Fuck you, Maddie! You're getting Starfleet <laughs> Academy." But yeah, things like you sent me with the um, uh, the shipyard, like the museum, and giving us the names of all those ships. That's cool because that's not integral to the plot at all. That's just fun for us nerds. Yeah, to look absolutely. At. But there was more stuff inside of. Um, the Daystrom station as well. I've seen heaps of pictures yeah, of things yeah. that didn't actually make it on screen. That's great. That's awesome stuff. But when you've got to use social media to help explain the plot to people, it means you're not doing your It's job just all stuff correctly. that's hit the cutting room floor, really. Yeah, that stuff's fine. But the other things where he's having to explain himself to people because a lot of fans aren't understanding what's happening, that's not a great sign. Could you imagine but like a, let's call it a showrunner cut of this show, how long it would be? Mm. Like there'd be like so much extra stuff that they could put in to like feed us fans. Yeah, which is weird too because it's obviously not a – timing is not an issue. Like the old Star Trek had to be 44 minutes and we lost so much cool stuff. And they had what, 26 episodes per season? But it's like if you're telling an individual story, you had 44 minutes to do it and you had to take the minute and a half credits out of that as well. And if it wasn't within a 10 or 15 second – Gratis of that, you had to cut stuff. Instead, and stuff. what what are we getting as the these credits in this, Matty? Picard. <laughs> um, but did these, the spirit fingers while yeah. he did it? <laughs> but these episodes are, are any length they want them to be or need them to be. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that I think are ending up on the cutting room floor that should have been in it. It's maybe it's a pacing thing that certain things are cut, um, but obviously timing shouldn't be an issue for them. So maybe the series should have had more than 10 episodes. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, like bring it up to 12. Bring it up to 15. Yeah. Or just oh, give us the whole 26. Or just or just write it for 10 episodes. <laughs> break, <laughs> break it down properly. I think, like looking at it, they fit so much in so far. Mm. Like there is a lot. Yeah. I'm worried it's going to Star Trek, uh, Star Wars 3. And it's, you know, you know how Star Wars, like we had an entire prequel trilogy to tell the story of how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. And then it shit the bed. And then it kind of, they had, we had to do this montage, this 10 minute montage right at the end of the third three hour film that really is everything that we wanted to know. We, did, we didn't need to spend an hour and a half on a podcast, on a, on a podcast, on a pod race in episode one. 
Um, I think that's why Disney Plus has got all these other shows to fill in the gaps. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm really hoping this show, yeah, doesn't doesn't um, what was Star Wars three called? Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Yeah, I really hope we don't Revenge of the Sith this, which is why I've been very sparing. Like the internet's been going nuts. Give Terry Metalis a show. Give Terry Metalis a show. Bitch, relax. We're seven episodes in. He hasn't even finished this series yet. I'll I'll save my praise or n- lack of praise until he's told one successful story, and then I'll decide whether I want to jump on the Terry Metalis train. Maddie, when it comes to TV shows and movies and stuff, you are especially TV shows and movies which have got a lot of history and you're very passionate about. You are a much harder man to please with. That type of thing. I'm sorry. An hour ago, you were shitting on a Starfleet Academy show that hasn't even been written yet. Correct. And at I'm least, allowed to. At least I'm <laughs> shitting on stuff that I've seen and I've, I'm assessing it. But yeah, I, I have a very low tolerance. Like there is so much, like everything that's made now for us to watch and consume is, it's all franchises now. The reason all these studios are jumping on board all these franchises is because they have a built-in fan base. And if you're going to create Star Trek shows... Call them Star Trek because they have a built-in fan base. You need to give. You need to honor that fan base and honor everything. Everything that came before that built the fan base. I've said it before. I don't particularly like Kirk original series Star Trek, but I'm not going to uh, yell at anybody who doesn't like it. No, because if that didn't exist, I wouldn't have my beloved DS9 and Voyager. So, original series is there. I respect it. I do enjoy some of the films. But watching the shows is a hard slog for me. It's not my particular thing, so which is fine. Here's one for you, Maddie. If they were to create another show in your vision, mm. what would it be? Like, what, what era would it be set in? What would it be set like it'd straight set, after Picard? Yeah, it'd be. It'd yep, be, abs- it'd be that's where I would have it. And what would the show center around? Like, there's been a lot of talk about yeah, Star Trek Legacy. You know, picking up characters like Geordie's daughters and Jack and all of them. To me, that has the potential to be very CW-ish, but also interesting. Yeah. Like Starfleet Academy, that's got very much got the potential to be CW-ish. And I don't think that should be Star Trek. Yeah, correct. Like, it's kind of like when um, Stargate Universe, that was a bit jarring for people because it's become a little bit CW-ish. No, 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 opposite. It was Battlestar Galactica. It was, it was Stargate trying to do Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, but it was like the, the younger... Hipper crowd, you know, the, the younger crew, that sort of thing. Only Chloe and um, Eli. They were the, oh, what they were the was her name? Um, that lieutenant with the massive uh, personality, shall we say? <laughs> lieutenant Johansson. No, not her. No, no. No, she was younger too. No, the other oh, one. Oh, that character doesn't count. She wasn't even a main character. She was. No, just- but like you know what I'm saying though. Like it, it was, it was a lot younger people. Um, it, it for me, it's got more of a CW it had vibe. The crotchiest, oldest man ever in Stargate in Rush. Yes, that's he was true. The, he too. was the oldest crotchiest, and so was um, Colonel Everett. They were both crotchety old men. Mitch, we're allowed to talk about Stargate, <laughs> a Star Trek podcast. Um, Suck yeah, it. Back to you. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm I I don't know what show I would do. I think it would be. I mean, you spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. So you'd love to see another Enterprise out there doing it. Absolutely. Thing. I want to see a refit of the Enterprise F with... Or the G. Well, or the G, yeah, with the the captain from uh, Star Trek Online, who's an Andorian. Cool. I, I, like, I would Andorian. love to see that instead of... Because most of the, all the series we've seen, the captain is a human. 
Yeah, has been. The, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I, I would love to see you know an Andorian as the captain on live screen yeah. and have that for seven seasons. That would be great. That'd be fantastic. No, I, I yeah, that's that's basically what I, I would, would like suck to for see. the actor though, getting painted blue and yeah. antennas for seven seasons. But I mean, Neelix did it. You know, true. Wolf did it for eleven years running. Yeah. He had fake teeth as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would like to see another show like a ship. Doesn't have to be the Enterprise for me, but I'd like to see another ship boldly going. Um, and in the same way, I I think they set it up in generations and never ran with it by setting up Demora Sulu as the helmswoman for the Enterprise B, mm-hmm. and they've done it here with Sydney being the helmswoman yes. for the Titan. It's like you can have the children and the grandchildren of other legacy characters as a little tie-in. I'm a little concerned with um, Strange New Worlds with what, with what they're doing with. Um, uh, what's her name? Noonien Singh. What's I forget. Yeah, the Lanara. No, not Lanara. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, then I'm a little bit concerned with what they're doing with her because, like, she already knows that she's Khan's descendant. So I, I don't know what's left for her character to do at that point because she was the character I was most excited about. But the character that I'm now most excited about is Ortega. Ortegas. Yeah. She's the most fun, and she's getting the least amount of screen time. So I really want to see more character development for her. I want to see more for Una. Una? Una, yes. Una is yeah, probably she, my favourite cool. character. Yeah, um, Una and Ortega, so I'd love to see her. But well, I mean, we're getting a bit with Una with, you know, she was held, uh, taken captive at the end of the um, end of the season and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I want to see how that resolves. Um, but yeah, so I would, I would like to see another ship boldly going, giving us the moral quandaries, um, throwing in, yeah, some, some children or grandchildren of legacy characters and then, like they did in the episode, Captain Tuvok popping up. That's great. I want to see it, you know, seven of nine as the captain. I really do. Well, we had that conversation back in we did. episode one or two. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, anyway, yeah. all right. I guess that'll, uh, we've done an hour and 25 minutes now on this podcast. So I reckon that'll do for this week. What do you reckon, Matty? All right, let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, so where can we find you on socials? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at HighPitchMatty, H-I-G-H-P-I-T-C-H-M-A-T-T-Y. Like when he says that, like you can see his eyes go up when he's yeah. thinking hard. I'm beautiful minding it in my head. I'm like, I'm um, <laughs> uh, goodwill hunting it in, in, in my head. Yeah. And you can find myself at Geeking Camo on Instagram and Facebook as well for those that still use Facebook. <laughs> he's such an old man. Okay, boomer. <laughs> So old. Nothing wrong with you Facebook. Need to get on, you need to get on the TikTok and the Snapchat like us young people. Yeah, I'm not getting on TikTok. It's fun. I'm sure it is, but most of the stuff that's on TikTok is now on Instagram anyway. Yeah, a week later. It is, it's actually amazing to me the amount of group chats I'm in with the Stargate boys and you and a few other and the amount of times people will send me stuff like an Instagram thing on Instagram. It. And I saw it a week ago on TikTok, bro. I'm just down with all the young people. You're not a young people. Bruh. Mate, we're 39 this year. Bet. Cap. Um, <laughs> what's other young people in there? Um, All right, that'll do yeah. for us. Uh, catch you later, girls, guys, and Janais. He's learning. I wrote well it done. down. <laughs> we'll have him respecting trans rights by the end of uh, this season. We'll see you guys, girls, and Janais next week for season three, episode eight. And what was the title, Maddie? I don't know. Surrender? We assume so. It's Surrender. This- yeah, it was a little bit uh, ambiguous from what we could find. But yeah, yeah, it seems like next week's episode is going to be Surrender. Also, if you want to watch Will Wheaton's Ready Room, 
Last week, I was talking about it being on YouTube, and in Australia, it was geo-blocked. However, it is on Facebook on the Paramount Plus page. Check that out. So, Tim Russ is on this week's one. Nice. So, anyway, we're out. Get into Geek.